With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to the Football Function Podcast. We have a juicy episode in store for you today. Three editions of the Team of Destiny series. We're going Super Bowl 18, 19, and 20. And then at the very end, we have an interview with Adrian Insignius, basically just getting the boots on the ground perspective for the Green Bay Packers and a quote-unquote state of the franchise, just basically looking at the state of the Green Bay Packers. So we hope you enjoy this on a Zach Wilson MILF Monday edition of the Football Function Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Football Function Podcast right here on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or any other podcasting platform, Spotify, that you prefer. As always, I am one of the hosts on the show, Michael Ritter. You can find me on Twitter at Michael5Ritter or on Instagram at MichaelRitter5. Also the host of the SmackDown Review over on the WWE Podcast. Joining me on today's episode my humble co-host, student of the game, Terry Minifield. Terry, how are you doing? Yo, yo, what's up, man? Um, I'm doing good. Hope the Funkies are doing good as well. Um, hope you guys are, um, you know, kicking the day in the nuts. You know what I mean? Um, other than that, I'm glad you tuned in. We've got some great content for you guys today. If you haven't yet, please go subscribe to our Patreon. Um, just, it's real easy. Go over to patreon.com slash football function you'll be able to find us or uh, if you just want to download the app if yeah. you don't want to deal with a web browser or anything like that you just want to download the patreon app yeah do that Simple it just ways. creates you a, an account which is free the only thing that costs money is what you subscribe to which there's a lot of things you could subscribe to on patreon but if you search the show football function you should be able to subscribe for one dollar a month get you ad free episodes supports the show all yeah. that good stuff but appreciate you plugging that no um also, follow us on Instagram if you haven't already, football underscore function. Also, five-star ratings are welcomed on any of the apps that you listen to, Apple Podcasts, yes, Spotify, whatever. You can definitely we're, leave we're a rating everywhere. if you feel like we deserve it. But, Terry, how you doing? I did notice that you did not forget your shades this week. No, 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 no. If if you guys could tell, um, yeah, when my vibe's off, because I don't have my sunglasses on, dude. So, I got them today. I remembered them. And I also, I, I, thank you for reminding me. I do need to pick up that uh, that air freshener or that air vent. Yes, um, <laughs> air filter. I Elf, air filter, yes. Yeah, that's what you need to get. But Thanks, dude. anyways, got a pretty good episode in store for him today. Obviously, we're going to close out the second decade of Super Bowls. We're going to knock out Super Bowl 18, Super Bowl 19, and 20. 
which is the 85 Bears. So getting the 72 Dolphins out of the way, the 85 Bears out of the way, we are working our way through the history of Super Bowls here, and it's definitely exciting. But at the end of the episode, we are going to be joined by Adrian Insinius, our very first guest that we had here on the football function, also known as Rojo. Yes, sir. Green Bay Packers fan. He is going to give us the boots on the ground. um, Mindset of the the Packers. In-house perspective of a Packers fan, not only going into the season, but just in general. He's going to touch on some of his favorite memories and things like that. So I'm looking forward to that, that discussion. Definitely. Appreciate and it, stick man. around for the end of the episode for that. But before we get there, we're going to knock out three um, Team, of Team of Destiny series or seasons, I guess, on the series. Before we do that, what are your thoughts on Zach Wilson? You still think Mac Jones is the top quarterback from that class? Oh, that will never change, but... He did up his his rep in my in my book a little bit, young young Zach Wilson. Um, um, I'll let you elaborate on his you know his doing, but in my books, his his rep just it, it skyrocketed. Yeah, I mean, he just <laughs> he clearly reps Cougar Nation. Nothing wrong with that. Hey, there ain't nothing wrong with that. Not one bit. But Everybody anyway, yeah, shout Cougar. out to uh, Zach Wilson. But wow. I guess with all that being said, we can go ahead and get in. Wow. To the Team of Destiny <laughs> series with Super Bowl 18, shall Let's we? do it. All right. Super Bowl 18 was an American football game played on January 22nd, 1984 at Tampa Stadium between the NFC champion and defending Super Bowl 17 champion Washington Redskins and the AFC champion Los Angeles Raiders to determine the NFL champion for the 1983 season. The Raiders defeated the Redskins 38-9. The Raiders' 38 points scored and 29-point margin of victory broke Super Bowl records. It remains the most points scored by an AFC team in a Super Bowl. And this is the first time the city of Tampa hosted the Super Bowl and was the AFC's last Super Bowl win until the Broncos won Super Bowl 33. So there's about to be a gap, a huge gap, where the Mm -hmm. NFC is absolutely dominating this thing. But it doesn't last forever because, no. I mean, the Steelers have another run. The Patriots obviously come in and have something to say. And, you know, things just go in different ways, you know. But obviously. Kansas City had a little run. A little bit. I mean, they don't win a Super Bowl till Super Bowl 54, all right? So let's just cool okay. our brakes, all right? Sorry. But anyways, let's see here. Where were we? Oh, yeah. The Redskins entered the game as the defending Super Bowl 17 champions. Finished the 1983 regular season with a league-best 14-2 record, led the league in fewest rushing yards allowed, and set a then-NFL record in scoring with 541 points. So they were dominating offensively and defensively, but the Raiders posted a 12-4 regular season record in their 1983 season, and their second in Los Angeles, having moved there from Oakland in 1982. So the Raiders outgained the Redskins in total yards, 385-283 to And then Los Angeles built a 21-3 halftime lead, aided by touchdowns on Derek Jensen's blocked punt recovery and Jack Squarick's five-yard interception return on a screen pass with seven seconds left in the first half. Raiders running back Marcus Allen, who became the third Heisman Trophy winner to be named Super Bowl MVP, carried the ball 20 times for a then-record 191 yards and two touchdowns, including a then-record 74-yard run in the third quarter, He also caught two passes for 18 yards, but that one run, you need to look this up if you haven't seen it already. It's where he goes one way, works his way back, and then cuts up the field literally for 74 yards. My dad's a Raiders fan, and this is one of the plays that he told me. Like, if we had him on the show right now, he would say that that was one of the plays when he was like a sophomore in high school, I think, that, um, you know, really tied him to the Raiders franchise, and he's still a Raiders fan to this day, but... Mm -hmm. 
that's just one play. I mean, there's, I always like Trillions, to try to, you man. know, think of a play that I can always remember each of these games by, you know, if I see that highlight, I'll remember covering it. I'll remember talking about it and recording an episode. Right. But this is definitely that one play that I don't even need to have to think about it because I mean, I've basically seen it since I was a pretty young child, but the telecast of this game on CBS was seen by an estimated 77.6 million viewers the broadcast was notable for airing the famous 1984 television commercial introducing the Apple Macintosh. The NFL highlight film of this game is the final voiceover work for famous NFL narrator John Facinda. As of the 2021 season, this is the Raiders' most recent Super Bowl championship. And it was also the only time that a Los Angeles-based team had won the Super Bowl until their then-cross-state rival Los Angeles Rams won Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. California. So things get pretty dark for the Raiders. Literally, this is their third Super Bowl, and they do not win another one. I mean, they haven't won another one. They've been to one when they got their butts handed to them by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl 36, I think it is. We'll definitely get there, but man— It does suck that things are about to get dark for the Raiders organization. But, hey, you got three Super Bowls to hang your hat on, which is more than a lot of other teams. So you can't really be too pissed off, I guess. I just thought it was weird that it's a Los Angeles Raiders, you know. Yeah. That's what threw me off. They've won Super Bowls in multiple cities. Mm -hmm. One of the few teams to do that. The Rams have done it too. But definitely shout out to the Raiders for sure for uh, getting it done. The Colts are another team. Baltimore, they won and then won in Indianapolis. So. Definitely several teams, if we actually sat here and broke it down, that have probably actually done that. But true, true, true. <laughs> anyways, um, we can go ahead and move on to Super Bowl 19 now. Smooth let's on. go ahead and roll through another blowout, though. We'll go ahead and get to it's it. But trend. Let's see here. Super Bowl 19 was an American football game between the AFC champion Miami Dolphins and the NFC champion San Francisco 49ers to decide the NFL champion for the 1984 season. The 49ers defeated the Dolphins by a score of 38-16 to to win their second Super Bowl. The game was played on January 20th, 1985 at Stanford Stadium on the campus of Stanford University in Stanford, California. Hmm. The first Super Bowl played in the San Francisco Bay Area. This also became the second Super Bowl after Super Bowl fourteen, where the game was coincidentally played in the home market of one of the participants. So let's go ahead and look here. The game was hyped as the battle between two great quarterbacks, Miami's Dan Marino and San Francisco's Joe Montana. The Dolphins entered their fifth Super Bowl in team history after posting a 14-2 regular season record. The 49ers were making their second Super Bowl appearance after becoming the first team to win 15 regular season games since the league expanded to a 16-game schedule in 1978. Yeah, there's no no doubt in my mind. That team was stacked, Joe Montana at the helm, and it was just just unpeckable, the camaraderie that they had, the teamwork and everything. It was just... It was just how I mean the thing is how close they were how what should have been they they were so close to an undefeated season yeah really were only lost one game but with Marino and Montana the game became the first Super Bowl in which the starting quarterbacks of each team both threw for over 300 yards in addition the two teams combined for 851 total offensive yards which at that time was a Super Bowl record but after trailing 10 to seven in the first quarter the 49ers would end up taking the game in dominating fashion scoring three touchdowns in the second quarter and 10 unanswered points in the second half. Montana, who was named the Super Bowl MVP, completed 24 of 35 passes for a Super Bowl record 331 yards and three touchdowns. He also broke the Super Bowl record for most rushing yards gained by a quarterback with five rushes for 59 yards and one rushing touchdown. 
San Francisco set a Super Bowl record with 537 total yards, breaking the previous record 409 yards set by the Oakland Raiders in Super Bowl XI. This was the first Super Bowl to be televised in the United States by ABC, joining the annual broadcasting rotation of the game with CBS and NBC. It was also the first time that the sitting U.S. president participated in the coin toss ceremony. Ronald Reagan appeared live via satellite from the White House and tossed the coin. This Super Bowl was, was unique in that it fell on the same day that he was inaugurated for a second term. Because Inauguration Day, January 20th, fell on a Sunday, Reagan was sworn in privately and the public ceremony took place the following day. And I know you care a lot about that stat. Yeah, I do not give a shit one bit. But I do. it does have that one. You know, everybody has that one word that uh, you cannot pronounce. Well, that had it twice in there. So I'm glad you don't, let, you don't make me read these. So, Funkies, please stay right there. We do have to hit an ad. So we'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we are back here, and it's time to talk about another memorable Super Bowl, one of the more important ones from one of the teams that stack up with damn near anybody to this day. Definitely. So let's get into it. Super Bowl Twenty was an American football game between the NFC champion Chicago Bears and the AFC champion New England Patriots to decide the NFL champion for the 1985 season. The Bears defeated the Patriots by a score of 46 to 10, capturing their first NFL championship since 1963. Three years prior to the birth of the Super Bowl. Now, if well, Super Bowl Twenty was played on January 26, 1986 at the Louisiana Superdome mm-hmm. in New Orleans. Now, one thing I will say about this, I truly believe that, and there is an alternate reality where the Patriots don't come back, you know, when the Falcons were up 28-3, to <laughs> and this is the final score, 46-10 to or something oh, like yeah. that, you know, where I they just they don't let their foot off that. the gas, mm-hmm. you know, so. Yeah, their foot on the top. There is an alternate reality where I would love to get my hands on an Infinity Stone or something like that where I could just, you know, somehow teleport there. And it ain't happening. Get there. It but ain't happening. Anyways, <laughs> this was the fourth Super Bowl. And today, the last time in which both teams made their first Super Bowl appearance, so just their debut in the game, mm-hmm. the Bears entered the game after becoming the second team in NFL history to win 15 regular season games with their then-revolutionary 46 defense. Chicago led the league in several defensive categories, outscored their opponents with a staggering margin of 456 to 198. Like, think about that. That's less, like, that's less than half of what they scored. You know, like, if you scored 456 points and you only allowed 198, like, you kicked everybody's ass all season. It For wasn't sure. even close, you know? They were just blowout after blowout. Open but ass. Not even that. Like, they recorded two postseason shutouts. So they were shutting out playoff teams on their way to this dominating Super Bowl. They were just beating everybody's ass. That didn't tell you anything about this team. 
Yes, that's what happens when you have Walter Payton as the running back. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sweet that feet. defense that we just Sweetness. talked about when you're shutting everybody down. But, man, having Walter Payton definitely is a pretty big advantage. Yeah, just a little bit. But the Patriots were considered a Cinderella team during the 85 season and posted an 11-5 and regular season record, but entered the playoffs as a wild card because of tiebreakers. But defying the odds, the Patriots posted three road playoff wins to advance to Super Bowl twenty and yes, get slaughtered yeah, they got by the uh, Chicago Bears. They earned that ass kicking. But in their victory over the Patriots, <laughs> the Bears set or tied Super Bowl records for sacks, seven. He wished rushing yards allowed, seven. What? And margin of victory, which was 36 points. Fuck. At the time, New England broke the record for the quickest lead in Super Bowl history with Tony Franklin's 36-yard field goal. 119 into the first quarter. That was it. That was their lead. And, after, <laughs> and they got that after Chicago fumble. But the Patriots were eventually held to a negative yardage total after that. Negative 19 throughout the entire first half. And they finished with just 123 total yards. So, but negative 19 in the first half. You know, they went into the halftime probably thinking like, dude. We got nothing. We got to do something. We you know, got like, this is the Super Bowl and we're getting our asses handed to us, you know. Yeah. But um, that was actually the second lowest yardage total. 123 isn't the worst. 119, the Minnesota Vikings Super Bowl nine. We were talking about them having a chance to redeem themselves, and we really couldn't say much about it because they got their asses kicked. So as shitty as the Patriots played, the Vikings might have played a little bit worse in terms of total yardage. But We ain't the worst. Bears defensive end Richard Dent, who had one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles, and a blocked pass. I guess that's just like a deflated pass or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was named the MVP. The telecast of the game was on NBC, watched by an estimated 92.5 million viewers. To commemorate the uh, 20th Super Bowl, all previous Super Bowl MVPs were honored during the pregame ceremonies. And this is something that they do every 10 years. Super Bowl 50, they did it in San Francisco. Super Bowl 40, they did it in Detroit. It's just something they always do. They're going to do it again in Super Bowl 60. And, you know, I don't know who's going to win that Super Bowl, who's going to be there, but, you know... If I were a uh, betting man, I don't know who I'd put my money on. Super Bowl 60, that's, what, three, four years from now? Yeah, yeah. Not too far away, but really really right is. about the end of a rebuild, if you were starting your rebuild this year, huh? Hint, hint, wink, wink. Yeah, but anyways, so yeah, that's, I mean, the Bears kicked their fucking ass, dude. Yeah, we this was about before that. I was like a, definitely before I was even born. Yeah, we weren't even born yet, yeah. but this is the one Super Bowl when they talk about, like, dominating teams, like, oh, it's not the 85 Bears out there or something yeah, like yeah. that. That's kind of, like, th- this is one of the defenses that will be talked about forever. Yeah. Like, h- 100 years from now, probably. I mean, it's going to be tough to, like, bring up the footage and all that stuff, but, like, if, if any defense can stand the test of time, it's going to be this one. We talked about it, what, 2,000 Ravens, 2,002 Buccaneers. There's been just badass defenses, the Legion of Boom, mm-hmm. the Seahawks defense over the years whenever they were just at their peak winning a Super Bowl. Should have won two. Right. But still, you know, it's it's very, very tough to do. The Giants you know? defense. And, and there's been a lot. Yeah, Giants had a phenomenal pass rush for a while mm-hmm. there. There's been several, you know, memorable teams that have come through. But the 85 Bears. Yeah. They might take the cake. Yeah, shout out to my uncle. He's a huge um, Chicago Bears fan, my Uncle Joe. We were supposed to be on today's, and that's that's on me, Uncle. I, I apologize if you are listening. Um, we'll have you on. No no worries. You'll, you'll be on, and uh, you'll express how much you really love this team. Because every time we 
anytime we talk about football, it always comes back to the he's he's one of those guys. They'll never mount to the '85 Bears defense. He's he's that guy. So yeah. he would have came on and he would have spilled some knowledge with us. But you know, we'll have him on next. Yeah, time. we'll still have the opportunity because we're doing the series yeah, where we do yeah. want to talk to at least one fan yeah, yeah. from every fan base. And speaking of that, we do have a conversation that yes, we sir. need to get to right now. Yes, Adrian Insigne is talking about the Green Bay Packers and basically what we could expect from them in the 2022 season. We are joined once again by Adrian Insigne's Green Bay Packers fan, actually a very special guest of the Football Function Podcast Definitely. because he was our very first guest. You don't ever forget your first. Back in early to mid-2021. So, Rojo, how you doing, bud? Glad to have you back on the show finally. Um, I'm excited to talk to you about your Packers. Hey, man, it's good to be back, bro. It's been a long time. It has. Oh, yeah, man, been a long, very long time, obviously. But it's very interesting talking about the Packers in this particular offseason yeah, because, yeah, well, obviously. Kind of a big thing. It's, you know, kind of similar to last season. We really weren't sure what we can expect from Aaron Rodgers and that's like a huge domino once that domino kind of falls we can know what to expect from the other I guess pieces of the team and mm-hmm. this particular offseason losing a piece like Devontae Adams I'm sure that was extremely hard I mean I After dealt with they that signed him. I dealt with that obviously the year before that so just really quickly I guess we can talk about that what were your initial thoughts to the trade of Devontae Adams given that you guys got I mean a, a decent return for him number yeah, one I was but, wondering, but just yeah, the departure in general. How'd you take that? Man, that sucked, man. It was hard, honestly. It was it was probably one of the worst ones I've felt in quite some time. Uh, honestly, probably one of the biggest ones that I've felt in, like, just since I've been such a huge fan of the Packers, honestly. Yeah, because, you know, you, you become invested with these players, obviously. You know firsthand yeah. how uh, invested I was in Julio being a Falcon. So whenever we traded him and yeah. didn't get, you know – hardly anything back for him and a second round pick was nice but I mean still it's not what you want from like your favorite player in franchise history you know and then I experienced that as well with Roddy White whenever we released him before he was ready to retire he almost he ultimately got forced into retirement that was another thing that I hated but losing a player still in their prime and whenever you know they have you know some damn good football ahead of them and they have such a good connection with the quarterback that's got to be tough for sure but Terry what do you got I was just gonna say, Rojo, saying in the same, um, saying in the same boat. How or who do you think is next man up? Who is? I mean, who do you think is going to be the next guy to take his position? Is it Lazard? Is it Watkins? Is it the rookie? Like, who is your, you know, projection to take that number one? From like a future perspective, I'm hoping Watson. Yeah, definitely. Watson, man. Well, I'm hoping yeah. Watson. Sammy, just, huh? Like, if we, if we can get him to like just show like this year that he's that guy, then. That's going to be nice, and I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, Brian's been hitting on them picks left and right the last, like, four years, so. But that's really who I would want it to be. Yeah, without a doubt. So, and Sammy Watkins was kind of brought in to the mm-hmm. NFL to, to be that ex-wide receiver, you know, not necessarily with the Green Bay Packers, but whenever he was drafted by the Bills, that, yeah. that was the expectations. And he's kind mm-hmm. of bounced around, obviously, been to the Rams. He's played for the Ravens now, obviously the Chiefs. Finding a home in Green Bay, I do feel like, Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is kind of can put his name in any discussion, but it's one of the better quarterbacks he's gotten a chance to play with in the NFL. And I think that people might underestimate that in terms of Aaron Rodgers being able to get something out of Watkins that hasn't been touched yet. You know, I understand the the athleticism, all that stuff that's been there. He's put that on tape. We basically know the type of receiver he is. But I've seen players reach another level because they get put in the right system. Yeah, exactly. For example, Cordero Patterson, right? Mm -hmm. He's balled out in in recent years in terms of like 
kick returns and just being an offensive weapon, but he never really came onto the scene until he was, you know, paired with Arthur Smith and, you know, having Matt He's Ryan all there. Different ways. Yeah. The, sometimes a player finding a fit later in his career will, you know, unleash another wrinkle. So I'm hoping him. And then obviously I was very high on Christian Watson coming out. He's somebody who I feel like getting, getting to develop with Aaron Rodgers is going to be tremendous for him. Whoever takes Aaron Rodgers place is going to get a Christian Watson in his prime. And I hope that, uh, he can even be half the player that I think he can because if that's the case, and you guys got yourself a hell of a wide receiver there. Yeah, yeah. Pumped to see what Sammy does too, man. Like, yeah, just like everything we were running down, like he honestly is going to be into a great system, you know, getting Matt LaFleur, like getting to rejoin with him one more time, then getting Aaron Rodgers and, and then the new system. Like, I think that system's going to fit him really well. I mean, oh, yeah. We just don't have plug pieces in. I don't, know, I don't know what it is about the offense, but since Matt's been there, it's just been, it's been different, man. I love it. I love Matt. See, people can talk about the offense all day. You know, you, you can talk about, you know, Aaron Rodgers and how I, th- I do think ultimately he's going to be all right. You know, he's lost phenomenal wide receivers. I, I do think that, yeah, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver that he's ever played with, but he might not have had the connection and the bond like he did with guys such as like Jordy Nelson, you know, people Randall, in the past yeah. that he's had. Cobb, Cobb is still there. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. but anyways, yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but. So it's not like he's never been here before. You know, he's lost that quote-unquote BFF, you know, that yeah, that running yeah. mate. He's been in a familiar situation this before, so I don't I don't understand the narrative kind of like, well, how is Aaron Rodgers going to handle without Devontae Adams? Like, or well, the I question, mean, who is making who better? I don't, yeah, I don't understand that. One. That's not even a, a, a discussion I'll entertain. Yeah. But you can talk about the offense because obviously you can look at the running backs and all that good stuff. The, the Packers offense is set to compete right now, but I think the real like strong point of this team – is the defense because it's the one unit that is absolutely loaded from front to back. Just whenever you look at it, like from the offensive perspective, you can find holes in that offensive line. You can kind of, you know, poke holes and, you know, split hairs if you want to get technical about the true, you know, talent of that offensive line. But when you're talking about the defense and you're looking at the talent they have, like on the defense with Kenny Clark, Jaron Reed right there, I mean, you could have Dean Lowry. You don't need three all pro talents. When you have players like Reed and Clark, it's going to elevate guys like Dean Lowry and Devontae Wyatt, who you guys drafted in the first round. When people haven't even talked about him yet. He's eventually going to work his way into that starting lineup. And then you look at the linebacking core. Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary as the two edge rushers, another first-round pick, Quay Walker from the University of Georgia, and somebody who I'm very familiar with, Devondre Campbell. So that's one thing I feel like people don't really understand is that you guys from a front seven perspective Stout. can literally Fine hang with look. anybody in the league. Yeah. I, I, it's finally nice to see like the front end like look just as good as the back end. Like, we haven't had that yet, and yeah, to finally have that man, that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be so fun to watch, man. That's exactly what I was gonna say. It's been a long time since you guys been loaded up front like this. It's been a long time waiting. I'm, I mean, Mike <laughs> like has this? been waiting on a front setting like this for for a long time. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. I, I don't think we've had one like this in my life. Like since I've been watching Green Bay, I don't think we've had one like this. Yeah, especially also young. You know, you got a lot of people there who are just kind of scratching the surface. Like Rashawn Gary, he's still barely going into his fourth season. You know, I'm sure you guys are going to exercise that fifth year option. I'm not 100% sure on that. You guys might have already accepted or declined that. So that's on me. But uh, Preston Smith, he's somebody who you guys have already paid. You know, it's not like you're waiting on him to have a breakout season. You guys already gave him that contract. And then you look at Quay Walker. Devondre Campbell, he earned the contract you guys gave him this year. I'll give him that. So you guys, this I guess what I'm trying to say is the window isn't short, you know, like you guys are basically like from a defensive perspective, you guys are ready to roll. It's the offense that's kind of 
somewhat retooling. I don't want to say rebuilding because you have somebody like Aaron Jones and Aaron Rodgers in the backfield. You know, you have people who are coming off like career years, back-to-back MVP seasons. Like the offense, like I said, is going to be fine, but it's the defense. And then we talk about the secondary, you know, just from a, from a pure talent perspective, it is the best secondary in the league. They got a be- bunch of dogs. Because the two safeties right there, like you can talk about them, Adrian Amos, Darnell Savage, they allow the cornerbacks to play like almost outside of their body because they know that they're so like – They're protected. They're so like solid back there. Mm-hmm. You know, they have the help. They don't mm-hmm. necessarily have to give it all out in man coverage even though they're very capable, especially when you talk about guys like Jair Alexander. So getting him back, that's what I'm going to ask you right there. How excited are you to see Jair? I know that he's literally top two, top three corners in the entire NFL. Um, I mean, do you feel like this is kind of like if you guys had him last year for a full season, maybe it'd be a different story going into the playoffs. Man, I'm so pumped to have Jair back. Like, just getting to watch him be with the secondary again. And then also another piece, Adrian Amos, man. Like, that guy's so underrated. Like, people don't talk about him enough. But, yeah, Jair – I'm truly, like, stoked to get him back, bro. Like, I'm so pumped. Get to see him and Stokes get at it. Like, that's what I wanted to watch all last year. Like, finally getting Stokes seeing, like, all right, is this dude going to be that guy that we drafted him to replace Kevin King for? Yes. Seeing him develop to be that player. Yes. And then just wanting him to tag team along with Jair. So, like, not having Jair, like, watching Eric Stokes, like, be that guy. Like, it kind of sucked, man. Like, not getting to see him be out there on the field with him. But, yeah, I'm stoked about having him back man like i'm can't be i mean anybody who like loses a player like that they're gonna be stoked about getting a guy like that back obviously but and dude i'm ecstatic to have him back just on the defense to see like a guy like devondra campbell we were talking back talking about earlier uh come like come into the defense and just take over the defense and just be that leader for the defense just with one year with inexperience with the team and to get to get our guy back like them two on the field together man i'm so pumped for that man i'm so stoked honestly yeah because if you just look at it like you can kind of see exactly how they've handled this in terms of building that secondary when you look at first round picks all over the place darnell savage 2019 first round pick jaya jaya alexander 2018 first round pick eric stokes 2021 first round pick and then they hit on the free agents you talk about adrian amos Mm -hmm. rasul douglas is somebody who just earned every penny that he was paid last year or one of the more underpaid players, one of the better free agent signings that we saw in the course of the season last year. So he's somebody who absolutely paid off, but it doesn't stop there because like you, like we've mentioned a couple of times, Campbell. So you, the general manager, Gudekunst, he deserves a hell of a lot of credit for building this defense that can really complement what you guys have done on offense for the past decade plus. But now you have a team that, I mean, it's only a matter of time. I feel like before the playoff wins, start to add up, you know, because of the culture you're building. And I know you guys get there. You know better than anyone. Getting to the playoffs doesn't mean shit. You know, you can get there every year. You want to win there. You want to compete for titles. So where do you stand on that perspective as far as, like, the playoff losses over the past few years? Do you feel like you guys are finally about to break through that door? Like, it's like you can only keep somebody out for so long? Yeah, honestly, I do feel that way, man. Like, we never had this defense. And, like, to have this defense coming together and to be what it is, like we were just saying, like, yeah, I feel like that just gives me, like, a, the utmost confidence in our team to, like, just to be able to break this hunt, man, because it has been it has been tough, like, the last, you know, probably 10 years, honestly. Like, we've been going to the playoffs since the Super Bowl win, and ever since then there's always been some, like, rough, dramatic, like, playoff loss, and they've sucked, man. They've 
but I don't feel like we've had this defense to like really hold us through and push through that like little whatever that we're missing to get there. Like, but I feel like we have that, and it's just a matter of time. Like you said, it it, it truly is just a matter of time till we break that and and we get in. Like I truly believe with all the talent that we have that dude, we can do it. We truly can do it. It's just a matter of like just getting everything together and letting letting the coaches do their job. And I think we have that's one slept on uh, area that we have that I feel like is very slept on. Like our coaching staff, like from top to bottom, like especially getting the special teams coach from from the Raiders now. And yes, like I mean, Rich, that's that's, uh, that's something that's been screwing us. Like, it, Rich Vashata, Vashata. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like getting him, and I've I've already been hearing a lot about him in the in practices and stuff just like him being able to like just give him a new direction to the special teams because we we really haven't had that and like i feel like even the last probably like since matt and brandon became like the front office like i, I feel like the defense was was that hole and i feel like we we filled that hole. like that that's completely gone since brian's been here like he's filled that and it's it's gone like the defense is completely patched everything's Whatever that was lacking whenever Brian came in is no longer an issue, and I feel like he's he's putting us in the right direction to go. I think it's the, the depth. Right Don't you think yeah. it's like the? I mean, every year you guys are you guys are in it every year, but it seems like you are beat up at the end of it. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, you know, barely has anybody to throw to. Now he's got that youth. Now the defense is is gotten youth. Isn't that something to be uh, like something to look forward to this season? for sure the youth like i mean defense like we were just naming earlier all the defensive stars that we have like everybody yeah. gonna, that we were building up like for sean gary like jesus christ i'm so pumped about that kid dude <laughs> i'm so pumped about that kid that kid's gonna be a star like and I, i'm just ready to watch it man and then seeing all these other pieces getting quay and into vondre this in the first round this year like just building that front seven dude i'm stoked like yeah and i truly do believe we're gonna we're gonna like knock that wave, whatever that's been holding us back. But we're gonna we're gonna do that, and I, I'm hoping it's this year. And it just sucks to see De, Devontae leave because mm. I really wanted him to be be there for the ride, whether how long it took. I wanted him to be there, but I mean, if he's not gonna be there, that's nothing I can control. But next man up, bro. Yeah, man, yeah. straight up. Yeah, I'm hoping it's Watson though for sure. Yeah, and that's one thing that I will say, like, in regards to the NFC, it's wide open. Like, there's nobody who's, like, a clear-cut damn. They look, I mean, the Rams obviously being as good as they are, Jalen Ramsey, Aaron yeah. Donald now getting Von Miller. Uh, well, Von Miller left. He went to yeah, the Bills. Sorry. Yeah. Bobby Wagner is who I was referring to. Getting another <laughs> all-pro talent, an all-pro all caliber player there. And then you look at what they do on offense. You know, getting Allen Robinson another year with Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup there doing what he's doing. The Rams aren't going anywhere, but if there's any team in the entire NFC that can give them a run for their money, it's the Green Bay Packers. I really feel like them two are going to be on a collision course. We kind of got their number, man. We kind of got their number like last couple years. Like every time we talk your shit. (laughs) Talk your shit. Really though, like we really do. Like every time we play them, we not having Devontae is going to be such a a factor though, man. Because I felt like he kind of like he was kind of able to. Neutralize, yeah, yeah. He neutralized Jalen and just let the offense do its thing, and then the run game was able to just—they weren't able to do nothing about Aaron Jones and or uh, yeah, Aaron Jones and uh, AJ Dillon. Like they really couldn't do. AJ Dillon was just playing bully ball out there, and AJ uh, Aaron Jones every time he'd come in, like he just do his thing too. Like because they're two they're great one two. They, they, yeah, they're such a great one two man. Like I love them, and then they're able to do this to like big time defenses. Like I mean. Obviously, they're one of the best defenses in the league, and they go in there and make them 
make them look kind of kind of weak, honestly, bro, when we played them. But I feel like we can go in there and still do good things against them. But not having Devontae is going to really, really going to make a difference to me. But I still think we can figure that out. Is there anybody else in the NFC is, that, like, brings fear to you or, like, that you got to worry about? Not really, man, honestly. I just feel like long as we're able to do our thing and play our ball, there's really not a team in the NFL that really gives me just kind of like, God damn, that team's going to Yeah, because like, we beat both of the teams in the Super Bowl last year like, in good games, too. Yeah, that's, that's actually that's point. actually a very good, good point. point. And it's always like whenever you – you have to look at it from a perspective like our vet, our best versus your best. You know, that's what it yeah. is because there's going to be injuries. There's going to be all that, like all that stuff that kind of plays into it throughout, you know, any given Sunday, especially you know, if you're talking about a matchup late in the season. But the way, like, especially right here in July, you have to look at it like your best versus their best. Who can win? That's that's kind of an approach that I always took, you know, as a as, as a Celtics fan going through the playoffs. Like I was just thinking, OK, like we're matched up very well with a team like the Warriors. But I do feel mm-hmm. like whenever we're playing our best basketball, we can beat them playing their best. Yeah. And it was yeah, kind of just, you know, it was never, it never came to fruition, you know, but that's not necessarily saying that the Packers won't, you know, the Packers can do their yeah. thing. I feel like they are creeping up there. They're knocking on the doorstep. And I do feel like it's only a matter of time before they beat that door down. But I will say there's one, there's a couple questions I want to ask you. Typically I would ask these at the beginning of the show, but just to kind of wrap it up here, um, I did want to ask you for the listeners, for other Packers fans who just might be curious, because how, how is a is a guy from Texas a Packers fan? So I just I, I did I kind of wanted to know if you yeah. want to tell them what led you to the Packers and who is your favorite all time Packer. Yeah, uh, when I was younger, we went to go watch the Super Bowl game at my brother's, and uh, everybody obviously there was a Cowboy fan. I wasn't too much trying to follow the trend, and I was just watching the Super Bowl that year. It was the the Broncos when we played when we lost to the yeah you know, when we lost to the Broncos. Um, and I mean after that game, I just kind of was like, there was a couple plays in there where Brett just slung it, bro, and I was just like, dang, that was pretty sweet as as yeah. a kid. And I just ever since then, I just followed, man. I was like, man, I don't want to be a Cowboy fan. I didn't want to like just blend with the family. I kind of yeah, wanted to be a little, something different. Yeah, I didn't want to be like them, so <laughs> kind of went. Went on my own ways, man, and favorite Packer all time. There's a couple, man. It's kind of hard to just say one because I have. That's a true fan. I really, I really love, dude, one who slept on. Probably Donald Driver's one of them for sure. Um, Definitely Aaron Rodgers just growing up now, like watching him his whole career. Definitely probably my favorite all time. But the, the ones who don't get the shine that they deserve, definitely like Donald Driver. Antonio Freeman, he balled out in, in the Super Bowl when they won the Super Bowl the year before. I even became a fan. Uh, I know you're, yeah, uh, I know you remember was, that boy was nice. Nick Collins. That's somebody who just absolutely oh, had his career yeah, robbed from him. Oh, dude, I was so, so sad. I still remember watching that Panthers game, bro, because like, he was actually going off that game. And I, yeah. I, I don't know if y'all have ever heard the conversation where Charles has even like asked himself, like, hey, who was kind of they didn't necessarily ask him like hey who's your favorite secondary player but something led to that and that's what he said he's like Nick Collins is the best and my favorite uh, secondary mate that I've ever played with and he yeah. was a star bro he was he was on a Hall of Fame like Hall of Fame career like path I thought he was like on on that type of path he was gonna do great things and he definitely was one of them for sure one of my favorites uh damn I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go back bring one 
back, like way back. Yeah, throw a name out there. Somebody would like, oh, who is that? Because I, I, I'm not gonna lie, I have no idea who <laughs> yeah, y'all were, no, who y'all were talking they, about. They probably a lot of them. Nick Collins. Spear Padre be a million is then that that was my boy back in the day, pass rusher. He was nice. Um, Aaron Cameron was good too. Like, uh, honestly, those are probably my guys right there. I don't want to sit here and like try to reach for a guy, but those. Yeah, guys I get you. That's what's up. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I can't remember his name. Damn, is it Al Harris, defensive back for the Packers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, remember when? Uh, who, who that was it? Matthew Hasselback. Yeah, Hasselback tried to call the game. Oh like, yeah, 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 dude. Then, we're gonna get the ball. We're gonna score. Yeah, bro, that was a big moment for me. I love that. <laughs> that, was, that, was a, that was a crazy game. I love yeah, that. Yeah, that was a badass. That was an era where I was really falling in love with football, and that was a highlight that you saw. That was like, holy shit! You know, this dude really just tried. like that. That was the moment where I was like, you know, as a wrestling fan at the same time, I was like, hold on. Is this staged? Like, yeah, yeah. Is this, so- is, this going, <laughs> is something going on here? But luckily, uh, that is not the case. But Rojo, bud, so glad to have you join. Obviously, we're trying to sure. do this series here where we're going to talk to player or to fans. Sorry, we're going to talk to fans from every team to basically have a you know boots on the ground, different type oh, of perspective, inside. and give an actual state of the franchise here. And we're going to start here with your Green Bay Packers. So I definitely appreciate you uh, stepping up, on, you know, stepping up to the call and joining us here on the show. I definitely, like I said means a lot to me, but is there anything you got to say? Any plugs, any shout-outs, anything like that before we let you go? No, I always shout-out to you guys, man. Always having me back on. That's always so dope, bro. It's always so fun to come over here and, like, just talk football with you guys, just to chat with you guys just in general. It's always awesome, bro. So, But, yeah, go Pack Go. Like, if any, shout-out. So, yeah, for sure. Packer fans, we definitely have a lot of those. And you guys are going to get a chance to hear Rojo, who is – he's definitely a football fan. Don't get me wrong, but his bread and butter is obviously in the MMA, but he – Started off as like a really huge basketball fan and obviously still follows basketball extremely close Mm -hmm. today. And you guys are going to get a chance to see that with uh, two scoops of hoops. And that's a little bit of a plug. We'll we'll talk about that on a later day. But Terry, anything you got to say? Any plugs, any shout outs before we sign off? No, just really glad that Rojo got to come on. Glad to hear you, bud. It's been a minute Um, to the Funkies. Appreciate you joining in. Uh, I hope you turn in next time. Um, (laughs) I think we've got Team of Destiny still coming up. We've got some other things, like Mike said, working up in the in the you know in the pot that we're stirring up. Um, again, thank you guys for joining. Rojo, what's up, bud? No, thank you guys again, man. Appreciate it so much. All right, no problem, buddy. Well, we will let, go ahead and let you go. Let you enjoy the rest of your evening. But with all that being said, guys, walk passionately in the direction of your dreams, and I'll talk to you soon.